This is The Mitch Gray Show, where we are bringing the art of humanity back to leadership. Subscribe to The Mitch Gray Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where you'll find each of our episodes and other resources that will equip, inspire, and empower you to lead well. And now, The Mitch Gray Show. What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to The Mitch Gray Show. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts and Refer a friend to us. We're trying to grow our audience as well. And so make sure you refer a friend and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That helps us build our audience. Uh, I am Mitch Gray, your host, author of How to Hire and Keep Great People, small business consultant and inspirational speaker. And so if you are looking for building your team or your leadership ability, uh, make sure you go order my new book, How to Hire and Keep Great People. Our new curriculum is out. How to Hire and Keep Great People, the curriculum. And so make sure you go to our website, recruitgreatpeople.com to find the link to buying your uh, class and get that, get that certification on how to hire and keep great people. So enough about me. Another great guest on the show today. Uh, this is I, the, I was telling my guests before the show that the last few months of guests, the guests have been amazing, as you all have heard. But it's just been an interesting time of life, and we're just making it happen. And I'm so grateful for all of my guests, as always, but especially the last four or five, because we've had to earn our way, and that's okay as well. (laughs) So today, brothers and sisters, I want to introduce you to Mr. Paul Henderson. Paul, welcome to the Mitch Gray Show, brother. Hey, Mitch, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. I love it. We've been trying to get this done for a while, and <laughs> it's finally happening. So we we had a, a pre-screen uh, call, I guess, at the end of the year. It's back in November or December. I don't remember, to be honest. Um, and we had a great connection, man, and I love the work that you're doing. And so, yeah, it was a no-brainer to bring you on the Mitch Gray Show and let, let my audience, you know, welcome you to the community. So thanks for spending time with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Paul, a little bit about you. Um, you're the dean of you're a dean of students, and I'm sure you're going to get back into that a little bit later. Uh, you're a former sports chaplain, an author. Your new book, Slave No More, is now out, and we'll get into that as well. Uh, you're also a motivational speaker, and, and I always want to promote people. You've been all over um, doing all kinds of podcasts. You've been doing all kinds of speaking engagements, and so I want to let the listeners know that after our interview, if they want to hear more of your content, we'll let them know where to find you. Please go listen to those other podcasts that Paul's been on and support him. Um, Paul, you're a former track and field athlete at Virginia Commonwealth University. You blog at Fatherhood on the Fly, where your slogan is, and I love this, we're learning, we're growing, and we're getting better one day at a time. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) So your book, Slave No More, is out, Conquering the Master Within Through the Sharing of True Stories. Slave No More teaches how to overcome life circumstances and live a life free from belief in limitation. Wow, that, that's amazing. So that's going to lead me to my big question. Right. My listeners know, and if you're new to the audience, I always start the show with a big question, and that really launches in because the people who listen to my show know I like to swim in the deep waters, right? I'm like... We're not even going to wade in the shallow water. We're going to get right into it. So, <laughs> so here's the big question for Paul. In your kind of subtitle description of your book, you mentioned the word overcome. 
So what does it really mean to be an overcomer? You hear that a lot, right? You hear that idea, but what does it really mean to be an overcomer in life? Absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. You're, you're, you're jumping into the deep end. We, we don't mess around. We don't mess I around. Love it. <laughs> to over, uh, to, to overcome, you know, I like to think, um, I, I like to think about, about walls, right? You, you have, you have some people who, um, that when they see a wall, they, they, they see it as like, oh my gosh, this thing is just, it's, it's, it's in my way. Um, I, I don't feel like I can conquer this thing. And, and while, you have others who see a wall and they says, you know what, if I'm able to climb over this wall, not only you know, am I getting stronger, not only am I testing my own strength, by the time I climb over the wall, I'm actually a little stronger. And, and, and that's where I, when I think of overcoming, I think of, I think of winning. I think of winning, having a winning uh, mentality. Overcoming to me is all about winning, all about winning, finding the victory in every situa- situation, no matter how no matter how tough it is, I'm I'm going to choose to have a winning mentality, and I'm going to choose to, uh, you know, use the phrase over overcome, and um and and I and I love overcoming because the thing about it is, once again, once you overcome, not only are you testing your own strength, not only are you working muscles that are that may that may be needed. May, sometimes you work in muscles that you don't even realize that you had. Right? right now, now we could be talking physical strength, or we could be talking about um, you know, once again, the, the, title, the subtitle of my book, Conquering the Master Within. Sometimes when you overcome, you're literally digging places that you didn't, you're, you're digging in, in places where you didn't even realize that you had, and you're right. choosing to use that strength to overcome. The cool thing about that is once you've done it, you can reach back and help somebody else. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, mm. uh, so uh, it's, 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 it's more than just you overcoming, because once you do it, you're able to reach back and help somebody else, show them what you die. Right. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the mantra, the, the obstacle is the way. Right. <laughs> and oftentimes we see the obstacle or, ba- or barrier and we think, no, not having that. Right. But the obstacle right. truly is the way. And, and you alluded to it. So many lessons that we can learn because if there's an obstacle in your way, there are a million ways to overcome that obstacle. Right. And I would dare to offer that every obstacle in life you face, you're going to have to approach it a different way. You can't approach yeah. two obstacles the same way. And so that right. really, you know, alludes to what you're talking about, about that idea of it gives us that diligence and that persistence and that, um, you know, that ability to just be able to say, no, I'm going to get through this, around this, over this, whatever it looks like mm-hmm. for that moment in time. Yeah, yeah, and, and absolutely, and and I like to say it is. It, it, I, I agree with you about um, how two obstacles may not be conquered the same way, but the one thing, and I and I firmly believe this, and and I talk about this. You, you when, when you read my book, you'll see the same thing throughout my book. The one thing that that I really believe a lot of overcomings have um, have in common is the decision. Mm-hmm. I've made a decision that I'm going to overcome. It might not look like. Uh, the same way I overcame this obstacle over here, but I'm going to start uh, my overcoming process with a decision. And once yeah. I've made the decision, then I'll figure out how it's going to happen. But it starts with that decision. I like to call that resilience. Yeah. That we have the resilience to make that decision. And that's that's a really powerful and courageous thing. It takes a lot of courage, right? 
Right. You said something a minute ago that I want to go back to, and that is having a winning mentality. So I want to kind of dig into that a little bit. Um, you're a former athlete. I'm a former athlete. Those of us that have that in our background, we tend to be a little competitive by nature. And so absolutely that, that winning attitude. But I want you to dig a little deeper in that for some of our listeners. You know, there's some people in life that just don't have um, the side to them that, that that's that competitive spirit. And that's okay. There's different approaches to life. So what is it, paint the picture of a winning attitude for someone who hears that winning competition and they kind of go, no, 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 it's not for me. They're still resilient. They're still strong. They just have a different perception in life. So what does that winning attitude really look, look like for someone who may look at things a little differently? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great question. And um, a lot of times when I think about a, a winning mentality, I think of the attitude of, of, of what, whatever it takes, obviously with integrity, but like what, what, whatever it takes, I'm going to conquer this thing. You know, when I was running track at, at Virginia Commonwealth University, I remember, um, you know, talking with my, with my coach and um, telling him what, you know, what I wanted to do. And, and he gave me like the platform of, he said, Paul, if you want to win, you got to do this. Or even going back to when I was in high school, I remember, um, the year that I, the, the year I made all state, um, I, I was my four by 800 meter relay team. We were, um, we were ranked, I think number 15th going into the state meet and we, and we finished, we finished in third place. So we went in ranked number 15th, we finished in third. So we, we, we beat a lot of teams that were ranked higher than us coming in. But one thing that we did throughout the year is are we allowed our coach to push us? We allowed him to push us. And what does that mean? Having a winning mentality you can either say, okay, what's the minimum amount uh, that I can do in order for me to get through this workout? Or you can have the mentality of what does it take to win? Those are two different things. One, how can I just get through this? The other is what does it take me to win? And if you have that winning mentality, a lot of times you're saying, okay, the minimums, that's nice. But I want to do whatever it takes that's going to help me to reach, reach my goal. And a lot of times it's going beyond you know, going, going beyond the minimums. And uh, so that's something that I learned. Um, I, I learned from my coaches. I, I learned from, um, you know, from, from my mentors as I've gone through my professional career as well. It's not about the minimum. It's about what does it take? And, um, and that's something that I've subscribed to and, it, and it's helped me along my, my way. Yeah. What, what really motivated you to talk about limiting beliefs? That, that's, that's really in that kind of description of your book, you, you use the line, little life free from belief and limitation. What was there an experience or, or something that really motivated you to go, hey, I want to share this message? You know, for people that haven't written a book, it's scary to put a book into the world because it's yeah. like you're putting your heart and soul on the line, right? But something motivated you to do that. What what was that? Yeah, that's that's a that's a great that's a great question, Mitch. Um so I was actually a, a history major at, at BCU, Virginia Commonwealth University. And um, I remember studying a lot of, um, you know, just different stories about slavery, slavery in the, the America, slavery in the Caribbean. And then you would, you would read about, you know, uh, Lincoln issuing the Emancipation Proclamation. And then, and then you would see that there were slaves that got their freedom, but then they went mm -hmm. back and worked for the same slave master. So I'm like, okay, so really you're just a, a technically you're not a slave, <laughs> but in reality, you're, you're, right. you're, still, a, you're still a slave. So yeah. What I would do is I would just look at people and I would look at current day situations. And I'm like, man, this looks a lot like what I just read, but in current day form. So what would happen is I would see person A with a struggle and I would see person B 
with the same struggle. I would see person A, um, let's just say, for example, I'll give you an example that's actually in my book. Um, the character's name is Rosa Rogers. She's from a place called Prince Edward County, Virginia. Okay, so what happened in the 1950s is the school system actually shut down, shut down for about five years. So imagine being seven years old, the school system shuts down for five years. Five years later, uh, you're in seventh grade and they say, you're, you're 12 years old, they put you in seventh grade and they say, survive. So you miss five years of formative education and you're told to just survive. But when I see her, uh, when I met her, she was retiring from a 40 year career as a nurse. So what was it that, that allowed her to be a nurse? Now, when I spoke with her and heard some of her story, she told me that there were people in her class that they never graduated high school. So you had two people with the same situation. One person said, I'm going to have a vision that will allow me to, uh, that will propel me forward, that will give my, my life, uh, give, give, give myself a, 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 you know, a future, give myself a career. Right. And she actually watches my boys I have four sons. She's actually their primary babysitter now. She could retire from a 40-year career when there's some that are still in Prince Edward County still saying, you know, what happened back in the 1950s, they let me out, of, they took me out of school for five years. Yeah. It was a shift in mentality. She chose to overcome the master that was within while others kept talking about what happened. So um, the more the more stories I would see like that, people with the same set of circumstances, one chose the victorious way, the other kept talking about the circumstance. I said, we got to do something about this. And that's, that's what um, really encouraged me and really propelled me to start writing. Wow. That's a great story. Have you read the book Grit? I've heard of it. I have not. That's yeah. one I have not gotten to yet. Yeah. If, if that's really a premise for what motivated you, you're going to like the book Grit because she yeah. takes a lot of those same scenarios. Why do two people come from a similar environment and respond to that environment in incredibly different ways? And, and it's really, you know, there is a psychology and emotionalism, a spirituality behind it. And it does kind of make you want, it's like when you have two siblings and one of them goes in one path in life and the other one just self-destructs. And you're like, how, like how in the world is that happening? But there is something to that, right? And I, and I think you're onto something about the self-limiting beliefs. Um, I want to dive into something even deeper. So we're going to swim a little deeper here because, sure. and I'm going, to, I'm going to ask this question because of who you are and who, who I know you to be. And because of our current dynamic, especially in, we have a lot of listeners outside of America, but especially in America right now, what does it look like, and you alluded to it a little bit in that story, but what does it look like for a person of color to really begin engaging, and I have a follow-up question after this, to really begin engaging this idea of the, this eradicating the self-limiting beliefs? Because unfortunately, and other countries in the world are the same. We're, we're founded, America is founded on a foundation of limiting the beliefs of people that don't look like us, sound like us, feel like us. Us, I'm saying that as a white man. So what does that look like for a minority, a person of color to go? I'm going to go internally and begin working through these self-limiting beliefs so that I can set up opportunity for myself. I know you're a dean of students. You work with a lot of students. Maybe it's even things that you're able to teach them. What does that really look like? Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I appreciate that question. And, and I think I failed to mention that the reason her school system was shut down was, that, was because the school system refused to integrate. So that's actually why. 
And for our listeners, I assumed that and didn't clarify that as well. So thank you for clarifying. Yeah, that. yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. That's 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 my mistake. Uh, yeah, they they refused to integrate when the, when they when the laws went out. So that's why the school system shut down. Um, so I, I'll just go back to that. What what helps um, me was helped others is you know, I, I remember when the whole um, George Floyd thing happened a couple years ago. And um, I, I remember being stirred up. I, re, I remember being angry. I remember being fed up. Like this is what some of us have been talking about for for for, for so long. Not just um, you know, not wanting handouts or anything like that, but just ac- acknowledgement that there have yes. been injustices along the way. The other side of that is that I also believe that. I, and this is part of the reason I decided to publish my book, um, and I have it right here, Slave No More, Conquering the Master Within. Part of the reason I decided to publish that at that time is because I heard so much talk about our circumstances hmm. and not enough talking about what are we going, what are we going to do? Every single person that I interview for, for, for my book, they come from diverse circumstances, but each of them are, you know, they're, they're Black, they're people of color, right? Yeah. No. Every single one has been successful in their own right. And the common, the common thing among each of them is a strong vision, a no. strong no. purpose. And that strong vision, that strong purpose will help to drive you and it will help you to get to where you want to go. It, it, it helps you to shed any limiting belief that you've ever had because you're keeping that vision in front of you. Um I, I firmly believe that. And now, Mitch, I think it's important to say that I never downplay anyone's real circumstances. I never yes. downplay anyone's yes. real circumstances. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, what lens do we choose to view our circumstances? Do we choose yeah. to say, this happened to me, and I'm going to keep on talking about what happened to me? Or he says, you know what, this happened to me. And if I've made it through this situation, then you know what, I can make it through the next situation. It's mm-hmm. a mindset. It's mm-hmm. a mindset. So mm-hmm. while you know, my parents, my parents grew up in segregated schools, man. You know, yeah. my, my, yeah. my my grandparents definitely did. You know, but one thing I've learned from them is how they chose to overcome. And if they overcame, then I can overcome. And if I choose to overcome, then I'm setting my four sons up very well. That hey, yeah. daddy overcame, so I can overcome too. That um harkens me back to a conversation I had with a new friend that I met a couple of weeks ago. And this gentleman is in his late forties. Um, he spent 25 years in prison, both state and federal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a black man. And we were talking about the, the, the real issue, a of the prison system, B the issue of the data that shows us of minorities and black men in prison comparative to any other race. And he made a statement that really, (laughs) it almost made me cry because we were talking about, you know, a little bit about how we help black men specifically and support them in being able to come out of that system and integrate themselves into society. And this is a man that spent 25 years in prison, half of his life. And he looked at me and he said, Mitch, the best solution is that they never go to prison. And the best solution for that is that they learn that they have a choice. Absolutely. Now think about, that's not just some random guy saying that. That's a dude that spent 25 years in prison 
and took full accountability for his actions is now not blaming the system. And again, I'm like you, I would never disparage someone of their circumstance. But that is a man from his own mouth that said, I had a choice and I made the wrong choice. And that's my message to other men. And that's exactly what you're saying in a different way. And that is such a powerful message. And it's a powerful message that, in my opinion, there is more power in that message coming from a black man to other black men than there is for a man like me to say it. And, and, and it, we need to say it and support it. But what I'm saying is when, when you can stand there and shout it and be that opportunity for someone, there's so much power in that. And so for that, I want to say thank you, because I agree with you. I think there's not enough of the message across the board. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, and you, you mentioned my bio. I'm currently a dean of students. I'm a dean of students of a small, of a small school, private school here in uh, Richmond, Virginia. And uh, most of our population, I think it's about 85 probably 85, 90% black, and uh, which is, and, and that our head of school is actually a, a, a white gentleman. And um, he and I, we, we get along great. Um, it's part of the reason, part of the reason he um, reached out to me was because he saw the content from my fatherhood on the fly blog. And he said, hey, this is the type of mentality, this is the type of attitude um, I want our children, our students to, to really have. But one thing I do on a daily basis, Mitch, is if, if I'm dealing with the student, you know, because it's one thing to write a book and for somebody to read it and read it once, and say, oh, that was nice, man. I'm going to go give it a five star rating on Amazon, which I would not be upset of that. Time, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's one thing to to for someone to read it once and say, oh, OK, man, that was a good read. Yeah. It's another thing to be on the campus day in and day out. And to allow the students to know you have a choice. Yes. Are you going to, this, this situation happened. Are you going to accept responsibility for what you did? When something else happens, you have a choice. You know, I, I'm so honored to be able to live that out on a daily basis and, and live the principles that I believe in so much um, on a daily basis with students, you know, yeah. with, with five years old, five-year-olds to, to, to 14-year-olds. And, and the more they can understand this, this now as youngsters, Man, I, I really think that hopefully, uh, you know, we're playing a role in, in helping to set the next generation up for success. That's what it's doing, right? Changing a generation. And, and that's where a yeah. real substantive change comes from. Um, th- this conversation is totally going where I didn't expect it. And I love it, quite honestly, <laughs> uh, because really it's this dialogue, you know, that, that is going to begin removing those barriers and it's going to really build a bridge forward to the future that, that we can begin saying, you know, we are all in this together and we are going to, you know, you said it early on when we're overcoming barriers that then we reach back and help someone out. And that then begets the question, how are we reaching out and helping someone out? And that's the question that I want to ask the listeners is it's not just about yourself and what you can overcome and accomplish. It's also about walking alongside others and helping them do the same. And that, that kind of leads me to another question that I'd really love to hear your perception on. And that is, how do we help each other out? What, what does that really look like on a day-to-day basis? You just shared your experience at the school, but maybe for some of our listeners, what can that mean for them to truly be there for one another and, and help one another? Okay. Yeah, I appreciate this question. And the premise of my book is overcoming, but uh, what, what happens with, within, the, within a storyline there's a young adult who's who's dealing with issues at work and every time he deals with a challenge he's reminded of his past 
something that his parents may have said, something that a coach may have said, something that have ha- that's happened in school. And what's, what's happened is, you know, now that he's in his career, every time he makes a mistake at work, he thinks about what happened in the past. So he ends up spending the weekend with an older gentleman who has overcome diverse challenges, who begins to mentor him, uh, help him to, to, to change the lens from which he saw things. There's one example that um, that was one of my favorite things to write. I was actually out of work when I wrote this book. I, I was working at a school that, sh- that, that shut down um, and wow. it's coming full circle. This the same school that shut down and, and I was a part of a layoff five years ago. I'm actually going to speak at that same school next week. Come on, man. Anyway, oh, um, wow. Yeah, they have they they have a, they have another campus. The head of school saw me. She said, "Will you come speak at our school?" Um, but what 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 happens, Mitch? And, and you got to follow me here. Um, sometimes um, I'll just use my, my son for example. There's there's two kids in my school. There's my son who's nine years old. There's another kid who's nine years old. And um and this can apply anywhere in life. My son's been hearing he's a champion his entire life because I've been telling him that. So if I tell him he's a champion, or if another teacher tells him he's a champion they're watering seeds that have been planted in his life all along. Now there's another student who's nine years old. His mom's not there. His dad's not there. He lives with his grandmother. So if I tell him he's a champion, he's like, what what, what do you mean by that? So my son has had good seeds planted in his life along the way. This other kid has had bad seeds planted in his life because his parents left him. I look at the bad seeds like a destructive fire. So what has to happen is we have to speak good words into him, mm-hmm. speak really good words into him, water that fire, cultivate the ground. Then the more I begin to speak good words into him, now he's able to receive. Yeah. Now, what, what that looks like in life is who can I encourage? Mm-hmm. Who can I speak life into? Who can I say, who can I just look at and say, you know what? Because you never know who's going to need it and who's right. going to really respond. Who can I just look at and say, you know what? You're awesome. You know what? When I see you, I see a champion. You know, when I see you, man, you, you, you just you just brighten up my day every single time. It's little things like that that we receive on a daily basis that that Mitch, you and I have an opportunity to give. It's amazing what these positive seeds will do yes. and just to help somebody to believe, you know what? I was having a rough day, but Mitch told me that I'm an overcomer today. He told me I'm a champion. I, I believe I can tackle this task. I believe I can over uh, do well in this project because Mitch told me that I'm a champion. I really believe sometimes it just starts um, with us just, just speaking positive words because there are people that, that are out there looking for a hand up. And if we can make ourselves available, we're able to help that individual that's looking for a hand up and help them to live a victorious life. Yeah, so many times we look for the grandiose things, right? Like right. We've, we've got to give so much money or we've got to go do something or whatever. And I'm in line with you. I, I really think it is the small seeds that we plant every day, whether it's opening the door for someone or saying thank you or sharing gratitude or even asking someone what they're grateful for. You know, they can shift those mindsets from that negativity and that that kind of down and out and feeling like they can't overcome to all of a sudden giving them a little bit of hope. Because hope is a miraculous thing, right? When someone has hope, it changes everything. You, you, you know, uh, uh, just a quick story, because I, I'm talking about mentorship. I can give you a personal story that I dealt with. So I was in the process. Um, I'd gone through some changes with people who were um, just, just, you know, different phases of life. You go through different things. And I remember I was in a place. I said, you know what? I'm in a place where I've had mentors, but I'm looking for another one 
uh, with where I am in, in life right, right. now. So right. there, there is um, actually a, a guy who who actually helped me with my book. He's a he's a chaplain of an um, NFL team. We're, we're, we're former co-workers. Uh, when I was doing my chaplain work with uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, he's one of the guys I really looked up to. And I reached out to him and I said, hey, man, um, I'm going through some things right now and I really feel like I can use a mentor. Would you be willing to help me? He looked at the situation. He said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm in the thick of this NFL season right now. Yeah. I just don't know that I had a capacity and I wouldn't want to sell you short. He said, give me a call anytime you want, but I don't just don't know if I want to make that commitment because, you know, because right. you got it. Yeah, capacity. Yeah. But he said, you never know who's around you, Paul. You never know mm -hmm. who's around you. There might be somebody that's right there that you don't realize. And, and I, I really appreciate him sharing that. A couple of weeks later, I called a guy. I was going through some things. And the first thing he told me, Mitch, he said, Paul, you know, you're a champion. Mm. I, I The night before, I'm telling my son, you're a champion, you're a champion, you're a champion. And here, there's an older guy yeah. telling me that I'm a champion. Yeah. And, and what do you know? This guy agreed to be my mentor. And he actually does have the capacity wow. <laughs> to, to, right. to, to walk with me, you know, just right. through some of the things that I'm walking through. So it's like you never know. He never, yeah. never knew that those simple words would place such an impact, you know, yeah. on, on my life. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. We, I, I think we often uh, make the mistake of not measuring our words enough, but mm -hmm. also not giving of those words enough. You know what I mean? Like wor words right. are life and death. Um, and we forget that. <laughs> yeah, we can yeah. either speak life into someone or we can rob their joy and their commitment and their, you know, their person. And, um, and so I'm, and man, I'm glad you shared that story because that's exactly right. Exactly right. Paul, this has been an amazing conversation. Okay. Tell, tell the people before we uh, wrap up where they can stay in contact with you, um, social media, whatever you've got, just let them know where they can find you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can find me on um, on, um, on on Instagram, um, fatherhood underscore on the fly. That's fatherhood underscore Perfect. on the fly. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Paul A. Henderson. Um, I, I forget the, the my my. I guess it's Paul A. Uh, P. A. Henderson two is. I guess that's the, the okay. LinkedIn part LinkedIn. of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and then my website is paulanthonyhenderson.com. That's paulanthonyhenderson.com, okay. and then. My book, Slave No More, Conquer the Master Within, it said, you know, your favorite retailer, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books, you know, you can find it there. Awesome, Paul. This is, uh, again, this conversation has been amazing and it took some turns I didn't expect, but I'm glad we went there. I told you I like to swim deep, brother, and I think we did that <laughs> yeah. for sure. So, Absolutely. Uh, brother, brothers and sisters, make sure you go order Paul's book, Slave No More. And like I always encourage people to do, check your local bookstore first. Even if they don't have it on the shelf, if they're in the distribution system nationally, then they can order Paul's book. Um, so support local first. And if you can't find it there, then yes, Amazon, Goodreads, Barnes & Noble, wherever you find books, you can find Slave No More. And uh, the the ebook is out too, correct? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. absolutely. Yes, cool. sir. So paperback or ebook. Awesome. Um, make sure you follow Paul and we'll put all those in the show notes as well. Paul, if you want to leave the people with one more slice of wisdom, that would be amazing. I'll just go back to my slope, my fatherhood on a fly slogan, which I believe just applies to life. You know, we can't overcome everything in, in one day. But what we can do is we can keep on learning. We'll keep on growing and we'll get better one day at a time. Just one day at a time. 
I love that. And I want to add to that. I like to call that the art of practice. And the more you practice something, the better you become. So keep practicing, brothers and sisters. Thank you for listening to the Mitch Grace Show. Again, make sure you subscribe and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure you uh, check us out on YouTube, Mitch Gray Media. You can subscribe there. We put many of our shows there. And again, make sure you invite a friend. We'd love to grow our audience and help as many people as we can as along the way. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon.